Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now am found, was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace my fears relieved How precious did that grace appear The hour I first Believed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to True Men of Faith podcast. I got my co-host here, Zach Sparks and Jacob Wynn. So today's topic, uh, guys, we're going to talk about bitterness. Has anybody at this table experienced bitterness? Ooh. Yeah, Zach, let's, uh, tell us your story, Zach. You were yeah. talking about bitterness earlier. I just don't like it whenever people cut in front of me in line and get the last item of food that I really want. But we'll talk about that another day because I don't want to get all worked up today. So He's also bitter that not that me and Dylan don't want to go. I already ate breakfast this morning. Yeah, Who eats breakfast before they come to the podcast? It's 1036. How long have y'all been up? I woke up at 945. I woke up at 8. I've been up since 7. So. You texted me because I hadn't replied back and I was literally asleep. I said, oh, no. I slept in this morning. I got up at, I woke up at 8. 8. I was up at 9.45. <laughs> so bitterness, guys. What do you guys feel like, as a young Christian, how to avoid bitterness? Uh, mm-hmm. Be quick to forgive. And that is a very... That is, it's easy to say, but not easy to do. Right. Yeah. Um, that would be the biggest thing is uh, to just try to forgive. And not even just forgiving, but the old saying is forgive and forget. Yeah. And a lot of Christians nowadays have the term. And, you know, there's a difference. And I know I'm in business. There's a difference between business and personal. Right. You know, there's some people that I won't work with in business just because, you know, I know the MRO, but that doesn't mean I hold it over their head personally. So a lot of times they get the idea, well, I'll forgive you, but I'm not going to forget. Yeah. And that's where bitterness really forms is because you, you say with your outward that you forgive, but on the inside, if you're not forgetting, mm-hmm. that's where you're going to build up bitterness at. Yeah. yeah. And that, uh, it's like I said, it's so, it's easy to say to be quick to forgive and, you know, to forget. But, you know, we as humans, we have a, uh, a tendency to hold a grudge, mm-hmm. so to speak. Right. And it can be very difficult because especially even if you 
try to forgive. You know, in some aspects, there's a trust, especially with somebody that you were close to, say somebody done you wrong that you thought had a lot of confidence in. Even if you say you forgive, and you know I've, I've done quotations just then, sometimes you know you still have a, a a trust that's been broken, and you will never fully, you know, be that relationship will never be what it was at one time. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you know it can be understandable. You know, there are some people out there who will take advantage of you, mm-hmm. but you know at the same time. Uh, you know, you have to be very careful because if you know, if you're not, then that uh, you know, it can build up to hatred, even. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that actually um, made me think of a story when we were discussing this topic, and we were talking about this topic after the podcast last week. Said that uh, the story I heard that this when I first heard, I read it, it stuck out with me ever since. That. Uh, this young boy, you know, he was living in a, in a village, you know, very close to his family. And one day his village was raided by marauders. And his father told him to run and hide. And his father took up weapons and, to defend their, you know, his home, his family, and their village. And the little boy was hiding under a bush and he saw his father get killed by a man. And uh, saw his family get burned and destroyed. And he, that man's face, was imprinted on his mind and he vowed to get revenge and even though he was just a small child he dedicated his whole life mm-hmm. to training to to be a warrior so to speak right. and as he got older he you know he figured he found out where that other that invading tribe was from and he took up weapons and he went with his uh, with his own band and he attacked that the, the village that uh, that man was from that had killed his father and his family and he raided and plundered that village and destroyed it and killed that man who had killed his father. And he felt vindicated. He felt like he had, you know, got revenge. And after that bitterness and that hatred that he had towards that man, he just felt he felt so good to finally take it out on that man. Right. And as he turned to leave, he saw a small boy sitting under uh, under a bush crying. Wow. So he basically done exactly what had happened to him. Yeah. And he put that, that that small child to the same exact thing, and you know that just, that's the moral of the story. You know, you go out for revenge. You know, you better dig two graves. Yeah. It's, and it can start from, and it that seems like kind of extreme, but it can start from a bitterness, from you know, just saying, "Oh, I don't like that person because of what they done," and then you just keep dwelling on it and dwelling on it. And finally, you get hatred. Yeah. And it can it can build up over time. It may not be immediate, but if you're not careful, it can build up over time to be out about hatred and. It's very difficult at times too, because I've, I've had bitterness in my life before, and it's a heavy cross to carry. You know, it's uh, especially if you run into that person that's hurt you or offends you, and you you have the evil feelings coming up or bad feelings if you put it that way, and it, and it affects you. I mean, especially if it's in service that that person comes to church. Yeah, that's what I said. I was thinking of that too. It's a it's a big stumbling block and. So bitterness is, yeah, it's very cruel for a Christian. It's, it can definitely destroy you as a Christian in a way because if you get to the point where you let it control your life, you know, you'll take everything away from you basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but Hebrews twelve fifteen it says, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springeth up, 
trouble you and thereby may be defiled. So bitterness can defile you. And so I, the way I look at it is if you got bitterness, get rid of it quick before it slowly kills you. Yeah, definitely. And another thing that can sort of prevent bitterness, and I know we, we went a little bit past it, but we have a bad habit as a younger generation. You know, back whenever my, my grandparents were kids, remember, if you had a problem with somebody, you heard something, a lot of times, and, and you know, they were probably confrontation, you don't have to do it, but if you just go up to somebody, nine times out of ten, what you've heard is a twisted version of the truth. Yeah, and that's a big thing that we don't do anymore. We just sit, we let it build, let it build, and what you do is you let the devil get inside your mind and take what you heard. And by the time he's done, it is ten times worse than was ever even intended. And that's a way you can prevent bitterness. Is just, hey, if you hear something, and I'm not saying go be confrontational with somebody, but you know, go to your pastor, be like, hey, I heard this from so and so. Is there any way we can meet the three of us? Right, and we can just figure it out. And I feel like if the younger generation, even the older generation, if there would be more of that, there would be less of bitterness. Mm-hmm. And bitterness is one step away from hatred. Yeah. I mean, they're connected hand in hand. You can't hate something or somebody without a reason. Yeah. And that reason is going to stem from bitterness. And bitterness is really bad. In Ephesians 4 and 30, it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and ye and be ye kind to one to another tender hearted forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you mm-hmm. and a lot of times and I know it's sort of elementary but we're so quick to hold a grudge and get bitter and we forget how Jesus who hasn't met none of us in person you know you know of course you have your own personal relationship with Jesus but sitting here today, you know, Jesus hasn't walked amongst us as a person. Right. And we haven't done nothing. You know, we didn't provide Jesus food or a place to stay or this and that. He still died for our sins. Mm-hmm. And it's like the quote goes, it says, don't hate somebody from what you heard. Or how can you hate somebody from what you heard when Jesus doesn't hate you for what he knows? Wow. Yeah. And so it's just a big deal. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. and bitterness is, and I've seen it, I've experienced it personally. Mm-hmm. I've had to pray about it. I've seen it. I've seen it kill people close to me. Yeah. And it's something, you know, whenever we talked about it, it was, I'm very passionate about it because I've seen the effects of bitterness. Yeah. And as a young Christian, the devil would love nothing more than any Christian at all to bestow bitterness in your heart. Mm-hmm. Because bitterness is one step away from hatred, and yeah. hatred will kill you. Yeah. And it's kind of like that story I read about. There was a man that was helping another man build a fence, and uh, I guess they was chopping wood. And one of the guys nicked the other guy in the leg. And... He got an infection in the leg, and he lost the leg. And for the longest time, that guy had a grievance against the other guy. And he would unravel his leg, and he would show people, look what this neighbor did to me. You know, look what he did to me. Yeah. And he went to the doctor, and he was he was frustrated, and he was looking at the doctor, and he said, look, he, you know, he kept pulling a bandage off. He said, look what this man did to me. And the doctor said, no, sir. said, what really took your leg is when you kept unraveling it. Yep. You know, and that's why I feel like we make the mistakes. When once we, when God has fixed it, we open that wound up again and get it affected again, and it causes issues. And so I I feel like once 
God has gave you the peace about it and you forgave them and, you know, basically just forget it and go on, you know? Yeah. You know, bitterness and love can't live together. No. no. There's not room in your heart for, for both of them. If you're bitter, you can't love. And if you love, you can't be bitter. Right. Um, there's, there's a vast difference between the two, and I know it's elementary, but if you're bitter towards somebody and you always have something holding over their head, there's a chance that you could miss out on potential blessings, yeah. helping, healing. If you're bitter against a preacher and they come to your church and preach that whole time they're preaching, mm-hmm. you're not going to listen to a word they said, but you're they could have said exactly what you needed. Right, you're going to be constantly thinking about thinking about what what they what they did or why yeah. you're bitter at them. Mm-hmm. It's it, kind of like yeah, too. It kind of going back to what somebody said about what you, I think it was Zach you mentioned earlier about uh, uh, nine nine times out of ten that what was said or what was done yeah. didn't actually happen. It was misconstrued. Yeah. Have you ever played the telephone game? Oh, yeah. You got a, a group of people playing the telephone game. What yeah. was started and what was yeah. to finish, it is, a lot of times, it is not even, it's nowhere close. Not even close at all. Especially, it, if, you do, especially if you do like a tongue twister or something. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And what the telephone game is for people that may call it a different name, you get a group of people together, you split up into two teams, and you start at the very beginning, and you whisper in the first person's ear a saying like, just any saying that you come up with, and you have to whisper it person to person. And at the end, the last person says out what they think the saying was. And if you get seven, eight, or more people together, nine times out of ten, that saying that started in the beginning, you'll be lucky to have a few words even at all. Yeah. And it's so true. Bitterness and gossip go hand in hand. Yeah. You know, I could tell Brother Jacob Wynn be like, man, you know, did you did you see Brother, this is just an example, did you see Brother Darrell up there preaching? You know, he done a good job, but I tell you, he sure likes to harp on us, don't he? Joking around. And then Jacob could go to his dad and be like, man, Zach said Brother Darrell loves to harp on us. Can you believe it? And it could go from that to being twisted and twisted. I'm not saying he would do that, right. but just like the telephone game, you, you take a part of it and yeah. then the next part gets twisted. And then the part that was in the beginning is left out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that that doesn't happen, Brother Daryl. He don't he don't really harp on us. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was just just to clarify once again. That was just an example, and that's not actually happened. You know. Right. No, Brother, Brother Daryl's a great pastor. Yeah, he is. Yeah, absolutely. He he's not one to whip you on the pulpit. If he has anything, you know, he'll he'll do it privately. I'm yeah. not saying that. Wish I'd used a different example. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another thing that I think that really causes issues with bitterness is. Is pride, you know. Yeah. yeah. When you know that you're wrong and you done mm-hmm. wrong, and you try to go make it right, and you do, you really don't want to because pride wants to say, "I ain't going to apologize," you know. Yeah. And yeah. It, takes a, it takes a lot of humility to go to someone. I apologize. Yeah. Apologize. It does. It can. And it is a. To make it right. It it can be hard. It really can. I've done it myself. You know, I had to go to somebody and say, "Hey, man, I shouldn't have said that, or I'm sorry I did that," mm-hmm. and it is. Yeah. Uh, it's a. It, you have to your ego. You have to push your ego to the side, and it is it's hard. It really is. It is hard. But but when it's done, oh my goodness! It's like just a weight. weight has just dropped yeah. off your shoulders, off your chest. I mean, it just it feels so amazing. Yeah. When it's done, you're like, I'm so glad I did that. But going and doing it, it can be a very hard thing. Yes, it is. But knowing that we can have peace in Christ about it all, I mean that's the that's the number one thing. Knowing that God can heal, the, you know the wounds that's been open, 
yeah. and and help us with our bitterness and get victory over it. That uh, just kind of interjected here. I, I have another story when we were talking about this that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, have either ever one of you ever heard of Louis Zamperini? Yeah, yeah. I think I told you about the, the, yeah. that book, Unbroken. Did you read it? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Louis Zamperini, he was a uh, um, a field and track star in the 1930s. He actually participated in the 1936 Olympics. And interestingly enough, he actually met uh, Adolf Hitler there because uh, it was held in Berlin. You know, he was just a you know an up and coming, just amazing athlete. Uh, and uh, he, of course, you know, as we all know, in the 1940s, the 1940s, America was entered into World War II, fighting the Axis powers of uh, Germany, Italy, and Japan, and right. some uh, Austria, and some other smaller nations. And he became uh, a member of the Army Air Corps, which is now the uh, Air Force. Um, and he uh, became a, I think it was a radio, uh, radio man or a bombardier. I had to look him up. He was a bombardier, um, and one day while they were on a mission, they had some mechanical issues, and the plane that they were in uh, lost power, and it crashed in the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and just about every, the entire crew, I think there was 11 members on board on the, on the plane. All of them died except for Louis Zamperini, the pilot, and another man. Uh, the pilot's name was uh, Russell Allen Phillips and the tail gunner, Francis uh, McNamara. And uh, the tail gunner, he would eventually pass away on the, the raft. They spent 47 days Wow. In a small life raft, Louis Zamperini and the pilot of uh, Phillips, Russell Phillips. And then to make their, they, had, they ran out of food, um, they had no fresh water. Um, it was just incredible how they were able to survive. They were able to catch a few small fish, um, even a couple of birds. And even on one occasion, while they were at sea, they were actually strafed by a uh, Japanese bomber. And almost lost their lives because of that. Um, and then they were captured by the Japanese, and they were held um, by the Japanese for about two years. Wow. And he, uh, of course, they were held in horrific conditions. Um, they lost an um, uh, um, insane amount of weight. They had to work extremely hard. Um, they were slaves, basically. Yeah. No food, and they had a. Uh, uh, one of the prison guards, they nicknamed him the Bird, and he was a exceptionally just a exceptionally cruel prison guard. He would beat them merciless, mercilessly. They would beat them to unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. Have a doctor come in, revive them, just so they could beat them unconscious again. Right. Uh, and when he uh, the pilot uh, Captain Phil, or Lieutenant Phillips, I think his rank was a lieutenant. And Zamperini, they uh, they both survived that prison camp, but because they had been there for two years and they'd been through such horrific conditions, they had a lot of emotional scars, and especially um, Zamperini. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a uh, he 
had a, what we would call a PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. And he would uh, lay down at night. He couldn't sleep at night because of uh, the nightmares that he was having. He actually, if I'm not mistaken, he vowed to kill, to get revenge, to kill that guard, the bird, as they call him. Um, he would dream at night that he was choking him and killing him. Um, he would dream at night that that guard was beating him. Um, I think he turned to alcohol to try to, you know, try to leave that. It wasn't working, um, of course. And um, and one night it was so extreme. He was having a dream that he was choking that prison guard, and he woke up. Something that woke him up, and he was he got married. He was physically on top of straddling his wife on top of her in the bed with his hands around her throat and he was actually choking her in his sleep. Um, and he was just having horrific, you know, those nightmares and he, just that grudge, he was drinking constantly, I want to kill him, I want to find him and kill him. And uh, his family was being torn apart and, uh, you know, just uh, just horrific um, what was happening in his life and then what, what was happening to his family because of this. Um, they had, he actually had a, a little girl, with, I think it was a little girl at this time. Um, and his wife was, you know, distant, wanting want nothing to do with him. But then one day she went to a tent revival. Um, yeah. Had some neighbors that invited him to a tent, uh, a tent revival. And the, the preacher was actually Billy Graham. Mm -hmm. And at that tent revival, um, she got saved. Yeah. And she began to pressure her husband, um, Louis Zamperini, to come to church with her. And he didn't want nothing to do with it, didn't go, didn't go. Well, finally one night he caved and he went. And at that tent revival, he got saved himself. Right. And his life just totally changed. And he actually, um, you know, his life just done a complete 180 and uh, it was going a different direction. He actually uh, went back to Japan. I believe it was Japan or maybe an island. I can't remember exactly where he went. But he came to some of those prison yards and he forgave them wow. for what they had done to him. And he was still, of course, he hadn't, he never forgot that prison guard, the bird, um, who was just, who had been like exceptionally brutal. Uh, the rest of them were brutal, but this man was just kind of took it to a whole different level compared to the other to others. He actually went to Japan and went to try and was looking, I mean, physically looking for him, asking questions, where can I find this man? Um, and he was asking for, you know, he knew his name. He couldn't find him. Um, the, the, the prison guard, he actually had went into hiding because uh, there were so many prisoners who had talked about him and his brutality. That they were actually looking at him, and I believe they were wanting to prosecute him uh, for war crimes. And uh, he, never could, he never could find him face to face, but he actually sent him a letter telling him that he forgave him for all that he had done. And this man went from pure hatred you know, bitterness, <laughs> hatred, went from pure hatred to he went, left America, went back to Japan. He had been held in Japan while he was a prisoner on the main islands, forgave the prison guards, and then went to find that one who had held an extra special hatred in his heart just to say, I forgive you for what you've done to me. Wow. And uh, his story is just uh, an incredible story of... Yeah. Um, survival, resilience, and also the power of, of, of God, of yeah. the mercy of God and the love of God, and how one man, you know, can turn because, you know, God has, has placed such a love uh, in his heart. Um, and 
you know, if anybody out there is interested in learning more uh, about Louis Zamperini and his story, um, there's a book that was written by him. Uh, I don't know if it, it wasn't written by him, uh, but it's called uh, Unbroken. Highly, highly recommend uh, yeah. everybody to go listen to it or read it. It's on audiobook. Yeah. I, I think Dylan actually, you read it, didn't you? Yeah, I read it. It's a real good book. I'll try to put it into the show notes uh, after this podcast. So you can actually go in there and click on it um, and read about it. So it is, uh, it's, it, yeah. or just, you know, you can look him up. You find information about him online, uh, right. Louis Zamperini. Um, the book, though, it's been a while since I've listened to it, listened to the article, read it. Um, if I'm not mistaken, just kind of a, a warning to those who are listening, I do believe it did have some uh, foul language in it. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, you've read it since I have. Yeah, it's, it's, um, the audio book does. I don't know about the actual hard copy, but uh, it probably it probably does. It's not some big words, but it's. There is some. Uh, <laughs> we'll just go ahead and say there is some, uh, you know, foul words. Just kind of. <laughs> Try not to make that your main focus of the book, is what I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah. Because his story, uh, it is, it's just, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah. Um, as a young boy, you know, he was a juvenile delinquent. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he, he was just a wild child and he had hatred and it just, the, the total turnaround of his life and what he became because of, because of, for, of forgiveness yeah. and salvation, uh, it's just, it's, it's remarkable, it's incredible. It's amazing how when you get saved, everything changes. Yeah. Yeah. Zach, you got anything else to add for bitterness? Speaking of bitterness, what, let's see if there's any bitterness about last topic, uh, our second topic of last podcast about the hot dog sandwich. Is there still some bitterness between you two? I mean, I, I never was. I wasn't bitter. I'm just going breakfast. <laughs> I wasn't bitter to begin with. <laughs> I think Zach over here got a little salty because uh, he was proven wrong. <laughs> How do you turn this thing off? <laughs> uh, I ain't got nothing to say about last time. Mom. Yeah. Well, anyways. Uh, it's okay. You can forgive me for being around. So, uh, I have to before Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> so, bro- so, Brother Jackson at our church, uh, after service the other night, we was talking, and he was talking about chicken. Who? So, as a preacher, I always... Feel like a man loves the chicken as a, you know if you're a preacher. I guess every man likes the chicken. If you're a real preacher, yeah. you love chicken. That's, that's what I've always been told. So <laughs> you know. So to start off this little small, I wouldn't use I wouldn't say debate, but kind of discussion. There is no debate. No, I'm always right. <laughs> so For proof that he is not always correct. Go to last week's podcast. When it comes to chicken, just saying. <laughs> We'll start off with Zach. Where, what is the best place to eat chicken at? Okay. So, I don't know how many people listen to the podcast, but we may lose every one of them after this. <laughs> and in my defense, I was in Louisiana whenever I had it, but Popeye's is the best chicken I've ever ate in my life. And I will say this, Chick-fil-A is an overrated, oh, overpriced, gosh. Soggy. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that the whole of this movement is blinded because they're closed on Sundays. I really do, but I I will say Popeyes was the best chicken. That chicken sandwich I had for Popeyes in Louisiana was the best chicken sandwich I've had in my entire life, and I've had a lot of chicken. Have you ever had, had Church's chicken? 
Yes, in Texas. That's pretty good. Church chicken. Yeah, it is. I can't believe you would say something about Chick-fil-A. I can't stand Chick-fil-A. Their waffle fries are soggy. Their chicken sandwiches are soggy. You must be going to the wrong restaurant or something. I go to all of them. (laughs) Listen, they drag me everywhere. The youth group, Chick-fil-A. Are y'all kidding me? That chicken sandwich tastes like an overpowered pickle. <laughs> that is what their chicken sandwich tastes like. It tastes like pickles. They have. They put, uh, I think they put pickle yeah, juice in their batter. They get a spicy chicken and get pickle on me. They do. I think they put dill pickle juice in their, in their uh, batter. I believe it because it tastes like a, a pickle. I have to admit, though, the, I think the dill pickle juice in the batter tastes really good. Well, that chicken is sanctified, though. Because it's closed, it's closed on Sunday. It's a church. It's a a Christian restaurant. Okay. The owners are Christian. They they well, have yeah, some stances on some things that I really don't want to bring uh-huh. into the podcast. But yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I do think they are. It's good. I will preface this by saying that I do think Chick Fil A is good. But I think there is a lot of hype around around Chick Fil A that is kind of more and more to I will say I do think it's good. I'm not saying I hate it, but I do think it's it is a little average. Average. It's average. I but can, it's pretty good. So I can are name, you saying like I can name school four room or school lunchroom average, or are you talking just average? So your school food versus my school food is different because the great Michelle Obama come in and ruined <laughs> my school food. <laughs> I didn't go to public school, but uh, yeah, that it was. I bad. did try. I did eat. A little bit of that one time, and it really wasn't that good. Listen, I could take that pizza they served us for lunch and knock you out with it. <laughs> I mean, it but I'm saying Chick Fil A is like it's on the same tier as like I don't know. A, it's mid tier. I, I mean, it's not a Raisin Cane's. It's not a Zaxby's. It's not a Church's. It's not a Popeyes. It's not a KFC. Man, it's, it's in the category though. It, yeah, a bad one. <laughs> I'm telling you, Chick-fil-A, and this is this is just my personal opinion. You know, if y'all's opinions are different, it's okay to be wrong. But <laughs> Chick-fil-A is just not all it's hyped up to be. Everybody I think I'm the only one defending Chick-fil-A right now, so I mean I'm two against one. <laughs> but no, I, I'm not a big fan. Uh, I mean I'll eat it. Listen, there's not much restaurants I won't eat. I mean, I'll even eat Olive Garden sometimes. Ugh. Yeah, I know, that's what I say. I don't want to eat Olive Garden once, or eight, not eat. I only ate at Olive Garden once, and uh, it was okay, but uh, that's another place I'm not crazy about. Chick-fil-A reminds me of Arby's. I'll eat Arby's. But Arby's, Arby's curly fries are really so good. So basically you're saying it's an overpriced chicken. Yeah, yeah, see, and like, who who just said, I want to go to Arby's? I mean, to me, no. <laughs> but I mean, if there's one by and I'm really hungry and the line's not long, I'll swing into an Arby's. You know, I, and Arby's, I don't like them because who doesn't have burgers? Arby's don't have hamburgers. I know, but they have the roast beef. They have chicken. They're trying to be different. You've got to be different. That's, that's the point. Everybody has. They're, everybody has a burger. Their slogan is, we have the meats. Well, they <laughs> not all of them. They ain't got beef. Or burgers. <laughs> I was like, uh, burger. roast beef. <laughs> it's an imitation. So the next question is... Okay, so I'm just going to, you didn't ask I, me, I'm ahead. just going to throw my, interject my opinion here. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry, Jake. My opinion on the best chicken place, Raisin Cane's. I can, I can agree with that opinion. That of is a solid opinion. 
Anything their sauce is the best. Is amazing. Get a cup of it. I mean, they, that's the problem. That they don't give you enough. And that bread, though, uh, Texas toast. Texas toast. Woo! Oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> you take that Texas toast, break it in half, stick a piece of chicken in there, and douse it with cane sauce. It is like one of the best sandwiches <laughs> ever. I'm going to change your life. And I, I, <laughs> Next time you go to Cane's, I send a video on it, okay? That Texas toast is so thick. Don't break it in half like that. Take a knife and cut it, man. Cut it in half. Oh, Put that it. piece of chicken inside with sauce. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'd give I'd give my left leg the swollen one, but I'd give my left leg for a raisin canes in London, Kentucky. I'd give it for one in Somerset. The closest one's like Lexington. Yeah, uh, Richard. Richard's yeah. got one. Oh, yeah. Well, that's I still think, far away. It's like yeah. forty-five minutes. I think I, was, I think Richmond does. I'm not yeah, sure. But Irish. yeah, raisin canes. Yeah, okay, that is right. Mm-hmm. I was thinking there was one, but even even Zaxby's. I, I oh, love Zaxby's. I've yeah. only had Zaxby's once, but it was really good. I can't remember, but I can't. I remember the it was wings good. and things. That's my favorite. The what? Wings and things. I think you got a salad though. Huh? <laughs> I like vegetables, Zach. Okay. Hey, mom, let's go to get chicken. Okay, we're going to Zaxby's. Can I have a salad? <laughs> it had chicken in it. <laughs> no, I like their little nibblers. They're so the wings. The wings and things has hot wings and chicken strips. Oh, that does and sound fries good. and toast. And okay, wings. That's another one. Boneless or uh, or one bone in. I'm I'm sorry. I gotta go traditional wings. I can't have boneless. Oh, uh, we're hands down agree with that. I do like boneless are good, but boneless chicken wings are basically just chicken nuggets with extra sauce. Okay, like I like I prefer traditional as well. So they're not gonna argue there. But flats or drums. Drums. No. Drums. <laughs> drums. <laughs> Drums over the flats. You yes. can break the flats at the end, pull the one bone out. It's too much work. You just got the drumstick and then you eat it off the end. Y'all are, y'all are lazy, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> no, the flats. I've seen that where you can pull the bone. Yes. I've never done that. I've done it at Old Town Grill up here. I've seen it and I was like, I'm going to try it with everything. So I door dashed because yeah. I didn't want to drive. <laughs> but I door dashed me some wings for the house. Mm-hmm. And you can break it at the end there and pull that one bone out and clean that other bone. More meat. And you gotta worry about the big fatty parts on the end of drums sometimes. That's the best part. No, the fat can't eat. Um, the one that's like, Yeah, the crystal. It's like rubber, basically. Yeah. You don't get those with flats. Yeah. Oh, this is true. <laughs> now I'm hungry. I ain't ate nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna go and get me some wings. So let's put the scenario in your head. Oh no! You get out of Sunday morning service. Okay. You think I'm gonna get some chicken, and you have two places to pick: okay. KFC or Lee's. Where do you go? There is no Lee's up here. Well, <laughs> there is a Corbin. Yeah, who's going all the way to Corbin? I'm just saying hypothetically. Well, if there was a Lee's, so. if there was a Lee's right there here in London, where would you go? KFC. KFC. Why? Because I like my chicken done. (laughs) (laughs) The thing with Lee's is, I think Lee's is okay, but I think there's just a lot. It's like you get more grease than anything. There's so much more grease. It's spicy, though. Man, if you want that much grease, go to Gondolier and get a pizza. No, okay, we're going to have a lawsuit probably. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're we're actually, quit probably. Saying, go to that pizza place in, in town. No, I like KFC, and here's why. I grew up with Lee's and KFC. Yeah. I mean, they were, we could go to either one. 
always chose KFC. First off, the Famous Bowl. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Can't beat the Famous so, Bowl. It's so good. You got popcorn, chicken, corn, cheese, mashed potatoes, and gravy. Mix it all together. Woohoo! <laughs> that is pretty good. I haven't had one in a long time, but that is good. I had one the other day in Mount Vernon. I was a happy man. I don't go. To, I don't go to restaurants much, so. Well, but uh, I do. I ain't got a fridge or stove at my office, so McDonald's is literally a hundred fifty <laughs> feet away. Can I get two McDoubles with no onions? <laughs> but I now, prefer eating. How food. do you not eat onions? I don't understand. That's really good. Well, there's a couple reasons. One, I don't want. I work in sales. <laughs> <laughs> you walk up on my lot and I go. <sighs> And you get knocked out by the onions. If you are saying that to me, <laughs> like that, I ain't turning around and leaving because that was true. <laughs> but <laughs> if you can smell my breath across the office, there is a big problem. But there's no one else in the office with you. you a customer walks in the office. Uh, okay. I've got a four-letter word with you for you that starts with M and ends with T. Mint. No, have you ever had a raunchy onion? I don't care how much <laughs> mint. You can chug a bottle of mouthwash and your breath still goes thing. You take don't a bowl. drink mouthwash. Well, that's the sad part. It won't work either. You take a bowl of soup beans, cornbread, oh, plus a couple no, of onions in no. there. Oh, you're Man. talking my language. So, oh. onions are disgusting. Really, they are. Okay. I, do, you, do you like onion rings? No, I hate them. I won't, what? I don't like onion rings. I don't eat meatloaf because they put onions in it. Oh my goodness, I do that. Uh, meatloaf is one of my favorite things. Uh, no, what no, is going on? Onions. Like stir fry, I won't eat stir fry because the meat tastes like onions. Uh, if you bring me a burger at a restaurant and there's a, uh, if there's a, I don't like tomato, but if you bring a tomato, I'll take the tomato off. I don't agree with that. I don't like tomato either. Lettuce, yeah. I'll take the lettuce off. But I if like there lettuce. is an onion on top of my burger, my wife will send it back because I'm too scared to say something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you mentioned soup beans a minute ago. Yes. Do you like soup beans? Love soup beans. You like soup beans? Yeah. This is something that I do to my soup beans, and I've only met a few other people who do this, and I think it tastes amazing. Put a little bit of mayonnaise in them. Ugh. Mustard. I've never tried mustard, but put a little bit of put mayonnaise. Put mayonnaise in with any soup beans with your cornbread. Not mayonnaise, but I have to put Put a little bit of mustard. It, I, I'm hands, I, say, I like mayonnaise in it, and there's a lot of people who don't. They think it's disgusting. I like it. Love it makes soup beans taste so much it right elevates it to a different level. I try sometimes, but it makes it like creamier or something. See, it's um, really good. I don't know about the mayonnaise, but I do put mustard in on the cornbread, mix it all together, fried potatoes in there with no onions. <laughs> my mom, listen, my mom growing up would make a separate pot of chili, make a separate thing of potatoes with no onions for me because I wouldn't eat it. I I just couldn't. At, uh, looking at one, thinking about eating one makes me sick. Wow. Well, see, this is coming from a man who doesn't even like broccoli. Ugh. Bro- you don't like broccoli? So here's, I'm a meat. Broccoli is like the Maserati or the McLaren. I'm, um, too, I'm too big to fit neither one of them. <laughs> Steak is like the Hummer. Give me the Hummer. <laughs> you got to think, I don't, I don't like vegetables much. I mean, you can look at, if you know me in person, you could probably tell. <laughs> but like... I just ate my first salad, like, before before I got COVID. Like, I didn't eat salads. But I had tried cheddar salad. I doused it in honey mustard. I don't like ranch either. But anyways, I doused it in honey mustard. I ate the salad. I'm a very picky eater, okay? But there is one thing. 
If I'm going to get wings, I'm not going to get boneless. I know we can agree on that. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I have seen you eat boneless wings, though. As an appetizer. See, I get the things from the store, the t- uh, TGIF or what? Uh, the TGI Fridays? Yeah. TGI. <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's a restaurant. Oh, they are? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like in Richmond. I think there's one in Richmond. My wife gets them all the time. And I get the bites. The it's like a sports bar, though. That's why I don't go to them. Oh, the bites. See, yeah, if you're getting them from the store already made, I won't get like frozen bone in. Yeah. I'll get the frozen bites. But, the but bites. that's just like chicken tenders with well, extra sauce on them, basically. Eh, it just depends. I mean, I have to admit they do taste good. Yeah. You, like you get you douse in the ranch. Honey mustard. Oh, honey mustard, but ranches. So if you mix <laughs> barbecue sauce and ranch, more barbecue sauce and ranch, it's an amazing dip. Really? Yeah. That Rachel Ray taught my mom a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, traditional wings are better. It's been settled. Our opinions are the only ones. What's your made. favorite cut of chicken? Breast, thighs, wings, legs. Ooh, uh, mm. Mm. I like dark meat over white meat. So chicken thighs, hands down, go with this. I'm trying to think. What's the piece that looks like this? Is dark meat called the thigh? Is it a thigh? It's like it's well, not a breast because the breast is white meat and it's yeah. always super dry. It yeah, depends on how you fix it. I love legs. I mean the chicken. Yeah, you legs. can't go wrong with chicken. Can't go wrong with chicken legs. But I think chicken thighs are the best. I like chicken. You can use chicken in a lot of places. I mean, you can eat it. You can use it as bait, fishing bait, chicken liver. Oh, chicken liver's good though, too. I like it. Ugh. Yeah, you can fry it up. Fry No, but yeah. So we we did agree at least traditional wings are better. They are. And because we're the only three voices on the podcast, that's the only opinions that matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I just don't understand. How y'all like drums better than flats, but we'll discuss it after the podcast. One day I will try, I need to try that when you pull the bone out. I've seen that, but I've never done it. If you had 98 breakfast, I'd have took you out to the old time grill and bought you some wings. I've already eaten. I know. I already ate breakfast. <laughs> I ate a breakfast sandwich. My mother fixed breakfast this morning. It was amazing. Thank you, Mom. There you go. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> well, guys, we. <laughs> I thought you said I forgot that we were recording for a We went down to a rabbit trail there, but yeah, but hey, it was it was a good topic. Yeah, it was. So, but there wasn't much controversy because for the most part we agreed on everything. Yeah. <laughs> I love chicken way more than bitterness, so <laughs> <laughs> you can't get bitter about chicken. You can get bitter about hot dogs, but you can't chicken. Yeah. Well yeah. we appreciate everybody for tuning in for this podcast. <laughs> We'll be back. <laughs> I told you guys when we started this podcast that there'd be laughter and crying, and I think Zach's in the process of crying because we're laughing so hard. But we appreciate everybody for tuning in for this episode. What, okay, what I will say is, so far the last two weeks, are we uh, we discussed food. Yeah. The, uh, Give us some other. What is some other food? Well, I'm very passionate about food. <laughs> I know a lot of food details, but I'm about to cry. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. Also, give us feedback. Uh, send us an email. You can send us an email at True Men of Faith uh, at Outlook.com. And I'm going to be working on a um, devotional page for us, a website for this podcast and. It'll get all of our information on there. And me and Zach and Jake will hopefully be able to put some devotionals on there. 
and our episodes and stuff will be on there as well so you can go back and listen to them so i guess that's it guys until next time until next time everybody have a uh hope everybody has a good weekend this is the fourth of july weekend stay yes. safe yeah. yeah have a good safe weekend don't hold the fireworks while they go off <laughs> and just remember that the man with three fingers uh on both uh with a total of three fingers on both ends and an eye shows the best fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> back up, Terry. Back up, <laughs> back up Terry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Terry. <laughs> but, no, we hope everybody has a good, safe, and blessed weekend. Enjoy time with your family, your friends. Absolutely. But most importantly, if you have church on Sunday, it is the 4th, but it is very important to be in the house of the Lord. Absolutely. So this weekend, make sure you have a good time, but you're up early enough for Sunday school. Amen. And we want to... Uh, Thank you all the law enforcement, military members, first responders. Thank you all for holding the line, keeping us safe. Absolutely. I hope you all, if uh, there are any members of law enforcement, first, you know, any of the, the Leo or the EMS and all that, mm-hmm. uh, you, if you listen, thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate you. We do. Yeah, we we do. appreciate you. Um, mm-hmm. And we hope you all stay safe. Have a good weekend. Take care. God bless.